This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, it always amazes me at how escapologists actually get free. Having those restrictions in play and the danger of being caught in a bear trap or whatever. My tiny brain sometimes just can't compute it. Anyway, however they do manage it, could they give Nigel Clough some advice? Because on Tuesday night, he had so many restrictions before he even kicked off that being caught in that bear trap seemed somewhat inevitable in the end. Personally, I don't actually think he even had 11 fully fit players to start. Never mind enough to cover the bench. More on that later though. You could argue, however, that Northampton were in a similar boat, yet they still managed to come out on top to victory, leaving us trapped by the jaws of defeat. Coming up on the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight, we'll discuss having some sympathy for Clough, Stephen Quinn's seasonal moment of madness, poor decision making and... The rotten stench of desperation. As always, we welcome your questions, comments and opinions on all things Mansfield Town in the live feed. So come and get involved now on the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, a proud part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It is the show for the fans by the fans. Why? Because win, lose or draw... Mansfield always matters. Great to see you again. Great to be back in the uh, virtual studio again. My thanks as uh, as ever once again to the Her Game 2 lot for last week's phenomenal uh, show. More of them to come, I can rest assured. So uh, don't you worry about that. But who is joining me in the virtual world to talk all things Mansfield Town this week? And to no doubt have a good old rant after a very frustrating evening on Tuesday night. Well, let's start with the man who I had the pleasure of his company on Tuesday and who today has shocked us all by using the word Bance. It's Mr. <laughs> Bance himself. It's Alan Bance Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Craig. Good evening, everybody. I don't know what the problem is with Bance. Get down with the kids. Well, that's it. I think we just didn't expect it to come from you, to be honest. Um, more on that later no. on. Let's uh, let's let's yeah, uh, hear from the man sure who took somewhat offence to the word bants for whatever reason. It's the hipster himself. Yeah. It's the university student. It, I can't believe he's out of bed. It's Cam Felton. Good evening. I am down with the kids, bruv. 
No. Um, what on earth? What just, on earth was that? It was just a word that I don't think I'd ever expect Alan to use. I but, meant the hand signals. What was all that? <laughs> all that. Oh, just, just I am down with the kids, apparently. Yeah. I'm the hipster. I don't really understand that one, but hey ho. Right. Okay. Well, I need. Moving Fair on. enough. I need someone to bring some normality to this. It's the man who is railless, but still has shirts. Oh, the first thing he unpacked, apparently, is new house. He's back. Here he is. Nick of Metal Town Shirts. Baby's back. I am back. I have internet. I have a house that I need to clearly renovate, judging by the curtains and the wallpaper. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm here with well, two shirts know, this... today instead of a rail, because I couldn't bring it downstairs. I mean, to, to be honest, I am in no way surprised No way surprised that you've got a couple of shirts out and put them on, on the back of your makeshift sofa. It's the first uh, thing we did with the shirts, rail. straight on the rails. First thing I did. I mean, not even. Did you not even get the kettle out first? No, no. The kettle was like, well, yeah, I couldn't find that. I knew where the shirts were. That was they were well and truly. Yeah, I knew exactly where they were. <laughs> well, you know, you've you've definitely picked a couple. Um, I think you've got. You say you've got two out tonight. What, yeah, you, what have you got two. for us? Um, well, I'm following the theme of, of Alan and Cam and yourself by having. Where is it? This one. Um, a bit. This one's. Um, the man himself, Mr. Baptiste. I think we've we've all seen the five oh six away shirt, but yeah, I, I got offered it. These two are both recent ones, so I've bought. I'm in double figures already for this year of shirts I bought. I need to calm down again, but yeah, I, it, obviously a bit of a club legend, so I like that one. Um, and then the other one is somebody who's still here now, Mr. Marisk, but it's the uh, it's the one off NHS shirt ah. that we wore. So that's who's I got. It's still covered in mud. Um, so yeah, I like that one, and it's took but me a while. Stinks. It took me a hell of a while to persuade the owner of it to sell it, um, but I've now got it. So there wasn't many of them, so I needed to get me hands on one of them. So I've got one now. Well, that's it. You know, you are you know a, a rare collector, but we have a full set tonight. I we mean, do. I've got the Mackenzie one behind me, uh, which I did, by the way, for those uh, viewing at home. We will be glad to hear this. <laughs> That uh, I tried it on before and only showed um, Nick, Cam, and Alan, and it's a good job I only showed Nick, Cam, and Alan, isn't it, Al? Because let's let's just say, um, age and uh, Nando's have not been kind to me over the past. <laughs> what we're talking twenty years I'm, since Mackenzie wore that shirt. I just say, Craig, I've never, I would never associate the word snug with your clothing. <laughs> that one was. Yeah, that just one a little was. bit. Yeah, I've been booted um, off the podcast for saying less things than that. <laughs> Mine, definitely. Mine's always snug, but not yours. Have is there a player on the back of yours? Because what I'm thinking of is we, you know, could try and get like a squad collection. I know that's something in Nick's mind to try and get like a full on collection at some point. Have you? Have you oh, right. a player on no, the back no, of it, no. or is it a blank? No, this blank. is just basic run of the mill. Yeah. Cam, was your was yours uh, your your one blank as well, or is there yeah, a player mine's... on the back of that one? Mine's blank. It's a short sleeve version, and yeah, it's just signed by a load of players. And the only ones we've picked out so far are uh, Wayne Corden, Simon Brown, and potentially Colin Larkin. But other than that, we can't really work it out for the rest. No, it's it's going. I think it works. I think it's right. Yeah, but it's uh, it's one of my favourite shirts. It's one of the it actually. I think it's actually the only one that I have actually got framed currently. Um, I've got other shirts, but I just I enjoy wearing them. They're not because they're not signed. That's the only one that I've got that's signed. So that's kind of why it ended up in a frame compared to the other ones. So I've got the green and white with the JTC yeah. across the front. 
that's not signed though, so it's just kind of like just wear it because it's not signed, so it doesn't. That's interesting with that because for me, like I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the volume you have. If you've got like three or four, I would love on the wall behind me here to maybe frame these and make more of a collection rather than them being on the rail. Because I do think that I stole that off Nick and, you know, was just literally was trying to inject that a little bit into my life. But, you know, Nick, you've probably got, I'm going to say close to maybe even over 100 shirts now. Ever thought about framing them and sort of having like a, a wall of frame? No, the only reason... In a bigger I'm house? I know, probably would. The only reason I don't like framing them is because every so often I'm a bit sad. I like to get them out and just have a look. I've never worn one of them. I've got 100 and... All Come the on, you must have done. You I'm must not... have tried one on at least. I've at not... least one. Obviously, my own shirt. Some of those shirts are from when I was a kid, so I've worn them, but I've not worn a single one of the match-worns. I've got something like 80-odd match-worns and not one of those I've ever worn. I've not tried one on. I've never even put one on. Never. I've never even thought about it. I don't know why. I just Same never re- have. I've got loads of them. I've never tried one. I've never even wore one. Yeah. I get them, they go on the rail and that's it. But no, I've never tried one on. Obviously, my kids' shirts I have, but yeah. no. And I don't wear them well, to games either. People always wonder why I don't wear shirts. I don't wear shirts to games either. don't know. just don't. No, I, I guess that with, with the match-worn one, with the match-worn one, you definitely wouldn't be, especially the, the better the player, you wouldn't be one to wear, you know, wearing them out. There's always it, it, one of yeah, you that'll it... spill like a hot dog over you or, or beer or whatever. It's it's too risky for that that sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I... I I'd, like I think I said last season, I was I used to wear um, a shirt that just a replica that I'd bought, and but I wore it every game till we played Doncaster in the FA Cup, and then I didn't wear it that game, and we won about every game after that. Um, yeah. But you know, the uh, before that, I'd worn a shirt we'd lost most games, so uh, I, I decided not to bother and wore one since. But then I wore one to Wembley, which was the big mistake. Ugh. Oh, so it's your fault then? Is Technically, it? yes. Yeah, going to be dad, it's definitely my fault. I thought I thought it was my fault because the last time we were at Wembley and I commentated in 2011, I wore a suit and I wore a suit again this time round. I wish I hadn't have done. But anyway, we can all blame each other. Uh, as you can tell, we've spent 10 minutes and 48 seconds talking about shirts and anything other than that because I think we're all enjoyed it. But as always, if you want to have your say on your team, feel free to do so in the comments. Uh, I know a few of you have done already. We'll come to some of those uh, in a little while. But Alan Wilson... Um, kick us off Tuesday night. I mean, it was all going really, really well, wasn't it? Until the point that we walked in the ground. <laughs> yeah, we had a very nice travelling down on the bus. Clive did his bingo, which was uh, excellent. We had a nice meal in McDonald's <clears throat> and then we got to the match. But I honestly don't believe they were any better than what we were. They were two poor teams, but they scored a penalty. I really honestly believe that they were no better than what we were. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, other people might have different uh, views on that, but I just think it was two poor teams. You know, they got a penalty and that was it because we had enough chances to win the game. That we did. But, you know, they got one, they scored it, and that was it. I'll keep pessimist Craig in his box for now. Um, Cam, obviously, you know, it, it, was a def- it was a defeat. And obviously the big talking point is Stephen Quinn. Uh, Paula says, Quinn is a hot-headed liability. Disgraceful challenge on the lad. Could have done a lot of damage. Macca was brought back way too soon. Same as our right back. We'll come on to the Macca thing later. Let's deal with the Stephen Quinn incident. 
I don't know how it's been this long without it happening. It's it, it's inevitable that Stephen Quinn has the uh, the seasonal red card. What a time to yeah. choose it. Oh yeah, too right. I think listening to the commentary, it's just like we were we were in it until that until that moment, and I don't know whether that's just. Martin, Martin and Dean being biased, being Mansfield fans, but from what they were saying and how it, it, how things were transpiring, I follow from listening to it. I weren't wasting ten pounds to watch it because <laughs> our away form against Northampton in the league isn't great, so I wasn't I wasn't making that risk. But um, it just seemed that everything that could have gone wrong Tuesday was it, it did go wrong, uh, down to the fact that we we couldn't score through Oates or Johnson or whoever. Quinn getting sent off, losing Macca through injury again, through our own stupidity. Um, Pim just not being sort of like level-headed enough, being a bit rash. But it it just seems that the, the positivity that we've carried over for the last few weeks, uh, last few months, all bar the... The, the Salford game has kind of just gone, we're back to square one again now because we, even though we've been down to bare bones for the last few weeks now, we were still able to put performances in and, and get wins. Whereas now it was a Northampton game that we, we could have easily won. But say on the on the other hand, so could have they. they it was a game of a few chances. And like Alan said, they, they got a penalty. They took their chance. And that's that's all that settled it, really, in the end. Nick, you know, um, Cam mentioned there about positivity and sort of the last few months. But is this not the case? Is it not the case that Mansfield have actually been rather somewhat inconsistent over the last few months? We get a, resu- a result like we do at AFC Wimbledon, and then we go to somewhere like Northampton and, <laughs> and, and we stutter and stumble. I was looking at the stats, and I actually couldn't believe that we're in like the, the top six sides over the last. 12 games I, I just don't see how we we seem to be clinging on there and I don't know it's it, it's it's really making me pull my hair out at the minute and just have a little bit of confusion about uh, where Mansfield are because in one hand we're great and then we have it's like which Mansfield side will turn up I think the problem we have at the minute is we don't seem to have a middle ground, do we? We can't have a 6 out of 10. We're either a 10 out of 10 or a naught out of 10. And when you look at teams like Stephen, as you seem to win 1-0 every week and Leighton Orient, we seem to win 1-0 here and there. We don't seem to have the ability to just win 1-0. You know, we have done a bit, but we went to Carlisle and nobody was expecting that. Um, but then Salford at home, I think we were all probably quite optimistic. You know, Tranmere away again, I was very pessimistic there. Um, I went to Wimbledon thinking, oh, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get anything. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we, we, we really did batter them, really. And then, like last night, you think, well, go there and give it a go like in the playoffs. And it was just all a bit second rate again. We don't seem to have a middle ground at the minute. I think that's the problem. To get automatic promotion, Fact. you have to be a six out of 10 every week. You don't have to be a 10 out of 10 every week because, you know, we've played some of them top teams. We should have, we battered Leighton Orient. You know, we've mm. absolutely pummeled Carlisle. I'd fancy our chances at Stevenage, but we just haven't we just haven't got that every week. I mean, I know we've got a lot of injuries. I, I understand that. That's the problem, isn't it, at the minute? Um, arguably, our form, weirdly, with these players out was better than when we had a full-fit squad sort of early in the season. But um, we certainly, with, with nine players out or whatever it is, we're going to struggle, aren't we? But we're just very inconsistent. Like Cam says, you do feel like sometimes you're back to square one, but then you look at the table and you realise, on the form table, and you realise we're actually quite high up. We'd won four out of five before last night. 
I think Alan's just hit the nail on the head there. I think you said the word flat in the middle of that. And I think, um, Alan, that Nick has just probably summed it up way yeah. better than I, I could. There is no average, is there, in terms of like if you're rating the performances and the uh, the score lines and, and what have you out of 10. There is no average. We are either a, a one or two out of 10 or, a, you know, eight or nine out of 10. There is no consistent middle ground. Yeah, and it. I think it all depends as well. You, like Nick said, we won four out of the last five. You know, and we still have the same injuries. The odd player here and there has come back to enhance the team, but we did really well with what players we were putting out. So probably to all intents and purposes, we would do a bad result. I mean, like the Salford one, but we carried on momentum then and then we moved and moved, played Wimbledon, you know, like the tram there, we did really well. But, you know, maybe it was coming and let's put a line under it now again and start again. Because if you think about it, if you win four out of five, I know it's a, it's a lot to ask, but if you, you win four out of five each time and then have a bad performance, we're going to be up there at the season. I do, do think you... starting again is going to be the, the big question. Go on, Cam. Do you think that Tuesday night um, the writing was on the wall when Kieran Wallace gets booked after two minutes because it forces Nigel's hand to change so early on in the game? You see, that's for me where you know pessimist Craig might just poke, poke his head out of the box for a Feel second. Free. Because, <laughs> um, Possible. Yeah. I, I think... Clough potentially <laughs> gambled a little bit too As he early. reacted I, too quickly, yeah. I think he did. I think he did. Bosang did square root us at all. And I don't think it was needed at that time. You know what? He was supposed to... When he came to Mansfield, you look at the reaction on social media, especially from those sort of like that know sort of like a little bit more than what we do as per sort of like the whole of League Two. Those that are sort of like um, on the TV covering League Two allegedly, for Sky and whoever else. And they said he's going to be one of the best players in this league and Mansfield are going to get automatic promotion this season and he's going to be one of the lead players. And he's, yeah, he's done sod all. He, he's been so mm. poor and I get that he's been injured and I can imagine he's probably quite frustrated because he's not performed the way that he wants to because of injury or not settling in or whatever. But we've seen glimpses of it, but we've, it's not been a, a consistent thing. And... To throw him in a game like the way that we did isn't fantastic, especially when Northampton just bypassed the midfield completely. Every every ball forward was just over the top, over the top, over the top. And surely it'd have been better just leaving Wallace on at least until half time and just tell him, Don't do anything stupid, don't risk anything at all. Unless surely course... that's better. Unless, of course, he was like the others, some of the others carrying an injury out. You know, I mentioned it in the intro, Nick, about having uh, whether we had 11 fit players. But I think the, the, the problem for me, and this is why I named the episode tonight, Desperation, Thy Name is Mansfield, because we looked at the starting 11 and, you know, we just thought, hmm, th there's something not quite there. You know, you look at the bench, you have to put McLaughlin on the bench, you've got to put Oates on the bench. Neither are, are ready for it. And, Whilst we'll talk about those coming on and potentially doing themselves more harm than good in a minute, it, it just did seem a little bit like we were stretched on the ground. I'm thinking back now to some of Clough's comments about maybe Kilgore not being 100%. How many of those actual 11 were fully match fit? How many now are playing at 60 70% and we're just going through? 
the motions. I think a lot of them are, aren't they? I think a lot need a rest and they're just not able to. And then, like you say, we bring players back a little bit too soon. I think it has caught up with us a little bit. When you look at most players are either not been playing consistently in that 11 that you picked on Tuesday or they're playing out of position. So, Barry, Aikens, Johnson hasn't played, Boateng hasn't played, Wallace hasn't really played. I know he's played the last few games, but that's only really because he has to because there isn't anyone playing. Clark hasn't played loads this season. I know he's played a lot since Christmas, but again, he's no apart from the back, the, the centre three. But again, we've played four, we've played five. So, again, that's not consistent. The goalkeeper's not consistent. So, when you look at the team we played Tuesday night, there was no consistency anywhere across the pitch. Someone... Some were clearly tired. Um, on the subject of bookings, we had all three of our centre midfielders and two of our centre-backs booked at Wimbledon. How we survived with 11 men, I've no idea. Um, but I think he didn't know who to bring off there because he, all three of them had been booked. I just don't think he knew who to bring off. But, yeah, it's difficult one at the minute because you can't really moan about team selection and formations at the minute because I don't really see what, what he could what really he could do with the players he's got. And, and players on the bench are, are clearly not fit, are they? Yeah, absolutely. I think Richard in the comments, Alan, has, has absolutely nailed it. He says, how can anybody expect us to play decent football when we have nine players out injured? We are way off what our first 11 would be and the extent of the injury situation makes players tentative uh, in challenges as they don't want to risk injury and not having a good bench means players staying on when not when they're not really on their game. We're missing Maris and Hewitt big time. Can't expect decent crosses from Aikens at right wing back. I think if ever we were going to do maybe comment of the show, that probably is it. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would agree with everything else, Craig. But, you know, it could have been so different. You know, put Wallace, bring Boateng in, put Wallace at left bank. I mean, where you put Barry, you know, we might be able to fit him in. I'm sure they'd have fit him in somewhere. But, you know, and then even brings McLaughlin on. Why risk him when he's only had one light training session? Put Jason Law there if you have to. Mm. It'll do you a job. And as within 20 seconds, was it? He played the perfect through ball for Oatsy. Was it Oatsy? I think so. Mm. Think you know, it, it didn't was. come to anything. But, you know, he's got that vision. He's a bit like Sturk in that respect. Well, but, isn't... You know, he's just unused the poor lad, isn't it? I'm afraid. Isn't Jason Law a left-back by nature anyway? Well, he, used, he was. It was originally. He was, I don't know whether yeah. he still is. Probably more of a wing-back. You'd probably have to ask him, you know, where he prefers to play. You know, well, he sees as his best position. <laughs> I'm sure his answer at that point to that question will be anywhere as long as I actually get on the pitch. <laughs> we'll come on to that later. Yeah, on but, to, you know, to me, I've seen, I've seen him at left-back and I've seen him do a damn good job. Yeah, I want to touch more upon... That's uh, the annoying in, thing. Yeah. Has anybody heard any news about Maka, by the way? No, I oh. want to touch more upon that later on because um, I think that's a, a big, big talking point. No. I want to go back to Stephen uh, okay. Quinn for for a, uh, for a couple of minutes. Uh, had a couple <laughs> of comments coming in on that. Uh, Keeler, who was, of course, with us uh, last week um, set and is welcome back, of course, uh, in the coming weeks, says Quinn is passionate about his club. I agree he shouldn't have done it, but the ref was totally oblivious to all tackles from Northampton. One of their players should have been sent off for grabbing him by the throat and their manager, Goading Quinn. Yeah, their manager, Goading Quinn, Quinn came uh, after the sending off was... Uh, and he was on a booking as well, their manager. Yeah. That should have been action should have been taken. But I don't think we can use that as an excuse because it was a tired, lazy... 
um, tackle from Quinn where he let anger, frustration, all of that stuff which you wouldn't expect an experienced player to do get the better of him. And he's cost us for at least three games. And to be honest, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there was more ramifications to come uh, from that further down the line. Uh, and this is the worst time to do it because literally right now, Nigel Clough will be thinking about registering himself to play on Saturday because he has no other option. Stephen Quinn there, your most experienced player, he's let his teammates down big time there, probably more so than last season. Yeah, he has. I think as per future ramifications, I think all that we will get is probably a fine for failure to control our players, as will Northampton. But realistically, if the EFL do look at the incident again, then you'd expect some bans coming on the other side. Whoever grabbed Quinn, shoved him to the floor, um, whatever John Brady said to him, because quite clearly something has happened further to that. And like you said, he was already on a booking. It's, it's, Disgraceful to watch a player um, sort of like get into that sort of situation from a, a manager, and it just shows the lack of control that the referees had. Because yeah, Quinn probably sh- yes, it's a red card, and nobody's ever questioned that. I've, I've seen comments all over Facebook and Twitter. Nobody's arguing it was a red card because it was. They're arguing the fact that it was a, fa- a foul in the build-up, uh, and that's what what's caused it. And and we can't, we're not using it as his excuse, but the reason that whole kerfuffle after Quinn got sent off was because of just emotions boiling over. And I think it, I think it showed that both teams were fighting for the game and how much it meant to both teams. And it was as an outsider, you're probably thinking, oh, you could you can tell that they're both up near the top, they're both running on a, a lot of adrenaline. But in that moment, you're thinking like you've got to keep your head because yeah, we've we've got. What is it? By the time he's got his band done, we've got 11 games left, 12 games left, if that. That's if he only gets a three-game ban. I, I'd imagine it'll only stay a three. I can't imagine it'll be any more. Well, it depends, what he, depends what he says in the hearing, like last time, innit? Last time yeah, was only true. a three-game oh, ban yeah, until, until that happened. Fair point. But, yeah, you go on about experience. We've got a lack of experienced players in the squad. And then the most experienced player that we've got goes and does something like that. It's not good. And injuries, it doesn't help that we've got injuries and now we've got suspensions to deal with. It's not good. Well, well, that's the point. Nigel Klufnik must have been, he must have just dropped to the floor in despair after that because he is, you know, he's he's already thinking, I've taken Wallace off because he's on a booking and um, he's not the quickest player and I've got to protect him because I know he can do me a job. All right, he'll only play maybe 70 minutes. I've taken him off. Not really got many options now. I don't really want to bring certain players on, and now he's you know he's potentially going to have to start some of those players. And he, his his real struggle is now going to be in midfield if he wants to uh, play that same formation, Nick. Because unless you move, you know, Alan spoke about moving Kieran Wallace back to left wing back. He, he now can't do that. Your only option potentially is Boateng or Law. We'll talk more about Law later because we know it's going to be Boateng. But it, it's it, we are really, really now close to having to, to put square pegs in, in round holes again. 
Well, even more so. Anyway, isn't it? That's what yeah. we do anyway. For me, he's got to go. He's got to go with a two-man midfield somehow. How he works it, and we've got Oates, Aikins, Bowery. They can all play up front. Johnson can play up front. He's got to play more than one up front. It's the only way he'll fit eleven players onto the pitch with the players we've got. On the Quinn tackle, I think it's exasperated by it's in front of the dugouts. I think that makes yeah. it ten times. If it was on the other side of the pitch, I'm not saying a guarantee, but I don't think it's a red card. I honestly don't. I don't think he gives it the other side of the pitch. But how many red cards do you think back at Field Mill? How many we've had in front of those dugouts? How many tackles that have been red cards? You know, I can think to a, a few this and last season where we've had elbows, we've had pushes, and it's red carded, but it's always been right in front of the dugouts. It literally is the worst place for you to make a tackle like that. But again, that just shows the, uh, you know, the, the the problem that you know he's lost his head in that in that moment. But yeah, I, I think um, we're going to have to look at the midfield, aren't we? We're going to have to play more up front. It's the only way he sells it because if you try and stick with that sort of four-man midfield, three flat and one in front of them. I don't see how we pick, because whatever three play, if we get an injury or anything for them, you're knackered because you've got no one to replace them. You know, yeah. I think he's going to have to change his mind on how he plays, but I don't think he, I don't think he will. I think he'll stick with what, we've, what formation we've been playing. Like you say, put more more square pegs in the uh, the holes. But in terms of suspensions, we've it seems to be a theme for the Stags. Last season, didn't we get somebody sent off at Forest Green when they were running? I can't think who it was. Similar was it game. Split? I can't remember. It was someone who we could have done with keeping, and then they 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 were out for three games. I think it was still straight red. Was it Yeah, he missed the keep. You think back to Tyler Walker with four games to go, getting sent off for something stupid with a linesman. You know, key players at key times tend to get sent off at Stags, and I'm not quite sure why. But yeah, the Lapsley one last year was similar, wasn't it? Big game, a team near the top, away from home. We could we had loads of chances, and we lost one nil, and we had a player sent off. Absolutely. Uh, we're just giggling away. I, I can see Cam giggling away and Alan is as well because I think he's realised what's happening. He's got a little bit of a delay. <laughs> so his fancy is coming back to bite him. So we're all we're all on the next conversation. Alan's still talking about shirts. God bless him. Uh, we're going to take a little break in just a moment. Uh, still to come, we're going to hey, talk. Hey. Uh, eh? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's still talking about Wimbledon, I think. Yeah, <laughs> God bless him. He is. Uh, we're going to talk Christy Pym. We're going to talk um, the difference between the two sides. We're going to talk um, reluctance, and we're going to talk the decision making of bringing uh, Stephen McLaughlin on and potentially ending his season. Keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, and we're proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Mansfield 
watching the video version of that would have been gone for all of 15 seconds if you listen to the audio version maybe a little bit longer so maybe get yourself across to uh, at mtfc matters on facebook and youtube and twitter and come and watch it as it happens and you can have your say on your team uh, right welcome back to the show keep your comments coming in as i say still got alan still got cam and still got nick with us uh, let's delve straight in uh, the first of my uh, points we brought up a little bit earlier on in the show, Cam, and that is Christy Kim. He, of course, was brought back into the starting 11 yet again by Nigel Clough um, after Scott Flinders played well at uh, AFC Wolverton because Christy Kim is first choice keeper. He's the better keeper, according to uh, Nigel Clough. Um, and then he was definitely at fault for giving the penalty away. And the more and more I watch, um, that decision that the video back of uh, the penalty instance, I feel for him a little bit because he has to come out and he has to make himself big, but he has two covering defenders, Cam. And to be honest, I don't think he needed to, to dive in. I think he needed a little bit of a shout from his defenders just to stand up and try and usher the player wide. He didn't need to dive in. No, he didn't. Um, but I just think that's just how Pim's season's going at the minute because I just don't think he's uh, he's a great goalkeeper in some aspects but just shown in, in crucial games where there's just been uh, mistakes or there's just been reading of the game wrong or a clearance or a, a wayward pass or a wayward clearance or whatever or he's not made himself big in situations and, and that's the problem I think you look back at uh, Bradford away and Scott Flinders was very much thrown in at the deep end. Probably the the biggest game we'll have played to this, this far this season. Um, just by the virtue that they were on a really good run of form. It's always going to be a big game because of the attendance and just what it meant to both teams because we're obviously battling at the top. We both considered the two of the bigger teams in the league. Um and Flinders did absolutely fantastically and then just gets dropped again. And I really don't understand the logic behind it. I know it's always been a case of Flinders came in as as number two and expected to be on the bench and sort of like more of a in a coaching sort of role and sort of like um sort of like future proofing on our part a little bit, maybe bringing him in to be part of our goalkeeping setup. But obviously we've had to play him sometimes this season, to be honest. He's He's been a better goalkeeper than what what Pim has. Um, being able to stand up, command his area, being physically quite a bit bigger. He's six four, and Pim's only like six foot. So that that's another thing. Sort of like just being able to command his area and just make himself big. There was a great save at Bradford that he made that I don't think Pim probably would have. And it's just been incidents this season. Incidents with this season where. I just think Flinders would have been a better shot stopper uh, in certain games, and and Tuesday night was was definitely one of them. And if I, if Pim starts on Saturday, I'll be quite disappointed because you look at how Stockport play, and it's quite a physical game. So Pim just gets bounced around in the box a lot of the time. So we'll wait and see. Come two o'clock, but I'll be very frustrated if I do see Pim on on the starting lineup. Right, I'm going to put you full screen. Uh, I want you to show me. I want you to uh, take yourself back to GCSE drama, and I want you to do your most disappointed face. Why? <laughs> well, do your face, and then I'll t I'll tell you. 
<laughs> most disappointed face. Yeah, that's what you're going to look like at two o'clock on uh, Saturday when Christy Pym plays, because if he's fit, he'll play. Um, Nigel in the comments says, uh, I'd be happy if CP looked a bit more passionate at times. How passionate do you want? Oh, you mean Christy Pym. Right, sorry. Um, he's passionate, got... not pessimist. Uh, he's hey, got uh, a decent... It is. Uh, he's got decent pedigree, uh, but I'll be surprised if he's here next year. I don't know. I think I don't know when his contract's up at um, Peterborough. Um, I think if he's a free agent in the summer, we'll sign him. Um, I, depends on a what league we're in, what league they're in, and, and all of that sort of stuff as well. But we start uh, petition. Bring um, back Nathan Bishop. See, I have a theory, and I'm probably going to be wrong, um, but I think that um, potentially Linden brought in view of um, really helping Nathan Bishop go to the next step, because um, I think we probably thought we were going to be in League One and we'd get Nathan Bishop again. Um, Michael says, I agree. Play the man in form. Flinders for me. Uh, Richard says, Pim is not the better keeper, but it's clear without anyone actually admitting it that he has to play if fit due to a clause in the loan agreement. Doesn't distribute uh, anywhere near as well as Flinders and doesn't command his box the way that Flinders does. Um uh, absolutely. Keep your comments coming in. Uh, we've had a question um, from uh, the Stockport podcast, which um, Clive went on the other night. We'll come to that in a little while when we do podcast predictions. Nice to have you with us, guys. Um, where was the comment from earlier on? Uh, yeah, I was going to talk, Nick, about um, I mentioned before the break about outplayed and uh, things like that. Now, maybe it's pessimist Craig coming to the surface again. I know. Um, I don't know. I thought that, you know, you look at the two teams and this is this is where it stemmed from. Michael's comment of, at the end of the day, both teams were poor on the night. The difference is that we made the critical mistakes and they punished us. Yes, that is true. But also, I think that they, they did one other thing, which was the difference. And that is they pressed and they had energy from... The very first whistle, I don't think we had energy. I don't think we pressed enough. And if you look at how they won the penalty um, in the build-up to the play, the press on the halfway line, the midfield is absolutely ratting at ours, winning the loose balls, winning it back, drawing on our weaknesses that we've got a slow back line, whether it's through injury or whatever, playing balls through the middle, playing balls in behind, over the top, whatever it is, and really, really stretches. And we have to admit, not on one occasion if it wasn't for Alfie Kilgore Nick I think um, Mansfield could well have been coming away from Northampton on Tuesday night having conceded two or three put a good couple of blocks in and that all came from them pressing in midfield we could we could have done I, I agree with that. I think us and Northampton are very similar sides I think we sit they seem to every so often every four or five years have a really successful team get promoted and then come straight back down again which we sort of seem to miss out on but I think we are very similar teams in a very similar position um, with very similar players very similar fan base very similar ground I think we are a very similar team to them I, I don't particularly think they outclassed us I mean for the first probably 20 minutes Wimbledon outclassed us I thought they pressed really high and their fast forwards really actually had us on the ropes a little bit and then we sort of found our legs I just don't think they've got many legs to give Craig if I'm honest I don't think the mm. lads have got much in them to press I mean the games where like Carlisle we started like a rocket and we showed how we can play when we press high and 
and push up and attack. But I just I think they're running out of steam. I don't think they can keep doing it. I think we just run out of. You can't really press with Danny Johnson up front on his own because <laughs> he just can't do it on his own. He, you know, he's not that sort of player. You need to be, you need to play to your strength. You wouldn't ask Richie Barker to do that because he wouldn't. You wouldn't ask Chris Greenacre to do it, but you might ask Oates to do it or you might ask Aikins to do it. But you've got to be very selective that. You know, Keeler Dunn's not really going to press constantly. He'll press a bit, but he's more of you need him on the ball. And then you look, is Wallace going to press? Not really. Quinn, he does it every so often. Clark, we, he didn't pick a team to press, so we can't really be surprised that they didn't because Johnson doesn't. And uh, if you want to press, you've got to play the right players in the right positions to do that. And I think we have got those right players, but they're not in the right positions to do it. You know, Aikens and Oates up front for me is a, is a high press attacking line. Johnson up front on his own is the complete opposite, um, and that's for me where that we you know we've got to, Nigel's got to explain those decisions, but we've got to temper our expectations a little bit that that team on Tuesday night was never going to press from the whistle. It just wasn't. It wasn't set up to, and it didn't. You know, rightly or wrongly, yeah. that's that's for me is why we didn't because it wasn't set up that yeah. way. And you know, like we were saying earlier, Cam said he'd be surprised. He was he'd be surprised about the goalkeeping situation. I'm going to ask Alan Wilson in a minute. I'm padding to give him a little bit of time to catch up with the question. We know what he's he's on the end of a string cannon, a, a, a bit of string to to hear what we're saying tonight. Um, so Nick, I want you to practice for me your most surprised face when we play exactly the same formation. That one. I think that's. That's better than Cam's, I think. We're doing well. That's uh, my face Wilson. when we score, when I go to a game and we actually score. That's my face. <laughs> I don't celebrate. I just look bemused. Alan Wilson, you're going to see my surprise face in a minute if uh, if we manage to get through to you. Nick was talking there about the midfield being leggy on Tuesday and, you know, the, 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 the fact that we are leggy, we are tired. And the one thing to rectify that is changing it should Nigel Clough look at changing it, playing two midfielders rather than three and getting more bodies up front where he has the personnel to do it? I would say so, definitely. But I also think, <laughs> I also think that, uh, you know, didn't we have a rest? Didn't we have so many days rest because we didn't play uh, late in Orient? So there's not really an excuse there, I don't think. You know, why we were leggy. I don't, I don't understand why we were leggy because we didn't play, you know, like the others had been playing. And I don't know about this, <laughs> what you're on about, because I've been hearing all your questions exactly as you're telling them me. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. what happened there. Every time we seem to be talk, like, talking and then like you just pop up about 10 minutes later. It's 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 weird. No, I, I don't know. Mans that. Mansfield's leggy and Alan's laggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stick to the surprise I faces. I I think you're with no, us now, Alan. I think you're live. I've understood yeah, yeah. what you've said. I think yeah. you're live now as well. I think you had a little bit of a moment earlier where your connection might have dipped. But you're back with us now, and that's what it, that's what matters. Uh, Craig in the comments says, I think we miss attacking midfielders such as Lapsley. Northampton have a good balanced side and have learned from last season and deserve to go up. Yeah, completely agree with that. But it's that thing again. We wouldn't be missing players like Lapsley if we had players like Louis Reed, who didn't get injured. Anthony Hartigan, who we didn't need to get in the first place and still got injured. Remember him? We've still got him to come back. Um, we've got so many players in there that are missing. It is really, really um, frustrating uh, as well. Um, Nigel says, surely DJ and DKD up front, you have to get down the flanks and in behind them. It never happened. Yes, you have to get in behind them. Not by launching balls over the top. That was the only game we played on Tuesday night, Alan. Get it to the full-backs. 
and hoof it long. We didn't try and play football. We didn't try and get Johnson in through the middle where he would be effective, as was proved at AFC Wimbledon. In fact, the longer that game went on on uh, on Tuesday night, in fact, I actually turned around and laughed, didn't I, when uh, we took Johnson off? <laughs> you because did. I said, yeah. to you, I said to you before the game when we were enjoying the very nice McDonald's um, that he's only in because there's literally nobody else, because Nigel Clough would not change the style to suit him. And I was right. Yeah, I just couldn't understand why they kept pumping it forward and right over the top because there were no Aikens up there. There were no Barry up there. You know, people who can theoretically hold the ball up. You know, and it was just, well, it was just a waste of time, basically, weren't it? It certainly was. Uh, right, let's talk Stephen McLaughlin because time is uh, running out. Um, of course, because of our situation on Tuesday night, Nick, uh, desperation, thy name is Mansfield. We had to name Stephen McLaughlin on the bench. We had a bit of a feeling that he would be after he did the interview the day before where he said, oh, I've only trained, I've had like one training session. We throw him on. It does all right. He lifts us for two or three minutes and then the inevitable happens. And now we're highly unlikely to see him for the rest of the season. And it's backfired. It, we've put What we've essentially done is we've gone, right, let's have everybody's mortgages. We're going to whack it all on red. And it's landed on black. We've uh, we've had a history this season, haven't we, of rushing players back too soon. It's I mean, we've I could count. There's been multiple, hasn't there, where they've come back. I think left back is the the most criminal because we never signed one. We had one, and then he was not fit, but now he's fit enough to join Gillingham. We've had ten months, nine months to sign a left back. You know, I know the argument is well, Wallace plays there. Well, he doesn't because you never play him there. Um, you know, Jason Law plays there. I know he does, but you don't play him there. <laughs> uh, James Perch occasionally plays there every so often. But, he, you know, with our budget, we could have signed a left back. There's no doubt about it. And I yeah. don't care whether they're 50, 40. I'm not bothered who they are. We we could have signed somebody as cover for left back. And that person Is it abs- would have played, wouldn't they? They would Is have it- played. We could have got Alan Tankard out of retirement. I'm not bothered. <laughs> Just anybody to play left back to come on because last night they whoever whoever they were insert name of left back they would have come on instead we've 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 brought our, our, our sort of star asset back but and he's got injured again. Is it not the case, Cam Felton, that he it's Nigel Clough has only got himself to blame because Nigel Clough is reluctant to play Jason Law in the first place. He should have brought Law on and not McLaughlin, who clearly was not fit and therefore has put him out for the rest of the season. Nigel Clough bringing Stephen McLaughlin on did more damage than good when all he had to do was swallow his pride and say, here's a chance to a promising young player go and take it. Yes, I agree. But I also think it's... Um, I, I don't know where the blame lies for this one, to be honest, because... Nigel Clough. Well, yes, but Listen, hear me out. What's the one position that we have, us as Mansfield Matters, have banged on about for the last five, six years, even previously in the days of um, Paul Cox and Adam Murray? What's the one position that we have screamed for season in, season out? Well, it's obviously left back, but I have to disagree because with the Cox. And, I have to disagree I think... with the Cox. And, I have to disagree with the Cox and Murray comment because we had Richie Sutton, and Richie Sutton would play anywhere and do it and and do the he best did. job well... anyone's ever seen. So it's oh, okay, okay, thank okay. you. Okay, I forgot, I forgot about that. Then we had Mark Bennett and Johnny Hunt. They weren't too bad. 
we just got. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the love fest with Richie Sutts that you'd got, but um, but a guy. It, it's just that it's just that one position that us at Mance we've never been able to fill more than one player that that can stay consistent and can stay fit. We 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 survived three four years with Mal Benning on his own, and Sir we saw Mal, what, if you don't mind, Sir Mal, Sir Mal. Um, until he scored us against us at Wembley. No, it will anyway. still and forever be Sir Mal. Thank you. But it's it just, why can't we sign the left-back? Why can't we sign more than one left-back? It was brilliant when we got Benning and McLaughlin during the old COVID season. Yes, we weren't on the greatest run of form and it was a very difficult period to watch Mansfield, but we we got more than one, but it was only a part-time fix. And... We've just never been able to sign more than one left back. Why? Why, why, why are we still talking about the same issue that we fundamentally had for the last five, six, seven years? It it's must insane. be something, it must be in our club, you know, objectives of, you know, try and win promotion. You know, every every business has a, a model. And Mansfield Town's, model, every Man- Mansfield Town's business model is clearly you are only allowed one left back. It's insane. We've got so much. All right, okay. Until the last couple of weeks, we've had so much cover in different positions: striker, centre back. We've got three or four players that can all play right back. We've got a whole plethora of midfielders, but we've got one out and out left back. Why? And even he's not a left back. Let's be honest; he's a left winger. Anyway, let's exactly. Let's move on because uh, time is against us. I want to move. Um, I want to move to to two things. One, of course, is looking ahead to Stockport, and we'll answer um, that question in a second. The other is what we do on Saturday afternoon, Alan, in terms of personnel, because we all know that Jason Law should be given a start either <laughs> in midfield, where you know there is clearly a gap with Stephen Quinn being suspended, thus moving Kieran Wallace back to. Uh, uh, to left wing back and bringing Boateng in as well and having some creativity, or at left wing back himself. There is a place, what I'm trying to say, for Jason Law. Can I have your surprise face now for two o'clock Saturday afternoon when Jason Law is named on the bench? He's <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. I've just realised that this part of the podcast isn't great for the audio listeners. Watch it back, YouTube and Facebook. Alan, um, put some words to the expression, if you might, if you please. Well, I would definitely play the lad, whether it be left-back or midfield. If he plays him at left-bank, I don't know what they'll do with Wallace or Boateng, but I would I'd definitely find a starting berth for him, and also Flinders. Nick, what about you? He will play the exact same team that played last night, other than he'll put Boateng in. That is literally what he'll do. There will be no difference other than Boateng will come in for Quinn. Uh, I agree with Alan. I agree with everything everyone said about Flinders. No, he... no, sorry, I, I have a question. In fact, I have all the questions. Did I miss a game yet? Did I miss a game last night? What do you mean? You, you keep saying last night. Oh, Thursday. It's Thursday, isn't it? Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't Next week's going to be even weirder. Um, I know. Yeah, he'll play the same team that he played um, Tuesday night, but with Boateng in. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'd, probably go, I'd have to go four at the back and try and get Aikens back up front. I don't. I think he's better up front with someone like Johnson to give him a bit of service. 
uh, but he won't. It'll be the same team with Boateng in, unfortunately. Uh, Cam, your your thoughts on that and your thoughts on uh, Stockport as I just scribble down what would be my team for, for Saturday? Did we just go all guns blazing and play like 5-2-3? Something ridiculous. And just like... Why, just have why, would, why on earth would we still play five at the back? Well, well we've got, we're running out of midfielders. Is it insane that we're running out of midfielders? We, we've well, been we, saying... We all are season, we're not? We've got, we've got, we've got, all right, quality midfielders. That's nothing against Jason Law, but same again, I'd play him as a left back rather than a midfield. But um, yeah, I'm on the side of everybody else. He'll he'll play exactly the same lineup, but he'll play either Law or Boateng instead of Quinn. It's close too stubborn to change it. I would agree with Wills in the comments. I think he's right. I think Hewitt will play Saturday. Yeah, we well, missed him big, we missed him big time, that. didn't we? We missed yeah. him big time, didn't we, Nick? Yeah, we'd miss you. Um, you know, you could write down all the players and I think he'd be up there with the one that we'd missed the most. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know whether he'll play. I don't know whether he's ready to come back or not. Um, if he is, obviously he'd go straight in the team for me and stick Aikens up front with Johnson, but I, I just can't see it. I've gone for a... Uh for a 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, I'll try and put it in front of the camera, but last time you said you couldn't read it. Uh, can you see that? I can read it. So Flinders in goal, uh, back four, Hewitt, Kilgore, Perch and Harbottle. So Harbottle left back. Uh, Clark <laughs> and Wallace as uh, yeah. holding midfielders. Why are you laughing at Harbottle at left back? He can very capably play there and did for Forrest under 23s. In fact, if you're looking for a left because... back... If because you're looking you've for left back, he's your natural choice. You've banged on about getting Jason Law in the squad, and then you've not put him in the squad. Yeah, I know. Because this, this, I know I haven't. Is it realistic? No, well, it's more realistic than putting Law in, which Clough definitely won't do. Uh, but I had a, a brain, I had a brainwave about um, Bowery on the left wing, uh, DKD on the right, Aikens in the middle, uh, Bowery on the left hand side. Those three interchanging, and then DJ up front. Actually, no. I, I, I just realised I said that this was realistic, and I put DJ in the starting eleven, haven't I? What am I doing? You know what? I t- to be honest, after seeing it, I'd agree. Other than maybe <laughs> swapping Aikens and Keeler Dunn, by the virtue, I yeah. think Keeler Dunn is a lot stronger through the middle. But yeah, well, I, that's I, what I said. It's a it's a fluid three. They can they interchange and yeah. play anywhere. It's a very good. I'd, Has I'd anyone ever called Mansfield Town fluid? We're very rigid, aren't we? There's <laughs> always next week. Anyway, <laughs> let's go through some more comments and then we need to do podcast predictions because I'm going to get shouted if I don't end this show in the next two minutes. Um, and that is, uh, obviously, Wilson said, uh, Hewitt will play and Lucas up front, um, up top Saturday, definitely. Well, if you say it, I absolutely see, think it will happen. Um I know you're the man who was definitely, definitely get it right. So I'm going to put my money on it right now. Uh, Ed has said, why not give Anderson a start at right back, get Aikens back up top, or is that too easy? I love the suggestion, Ed. But again, it comes into the category of Nigel Clough not wanting to play young players. Um, I agree there. We should be given a chance. We've also got a very young, uh, hungry striker that's uh, sniffing around. Um, as well, looking for a chance. Uh, Keeler says he'll play, definitely play Boateng, um, 
Nigel says, didn't Clough say Maris is getting close? Hope so. Uh, Richard says, Hewitt has contributed to so many goals from his crosses. crosses. Look at the one against Bradford, for example. Uh, let's answer the question about how we're feeling about Saturday. Are we confident? A one-word answer from all of you. I'll start with Alan, then go to Cam, then go to Nick in that order. Alan, are we feeling confident for Saturday? Yes. Cam? Ish. Mick? No. Oh. <laughs> Bloody pessimist, honestly. Oh, dear. Mick, I've got you back, mate. Oh, for no. Not away uh, from home there, no. No. Uh, right, shall we start with podcast predictions? Shall we start with the pessimistic and work it work our way back up to, to, to optimistic? Uh, so, uh, Nick, um, I'll go with you to, to start us yeah. off. Uh, podcast predictions for Saturday, please. 2-0 Stockport, 23rd minute. Uh, I will also go for a defeat. I'm going to go for a 2-1 loss, uh, the ninth minute. Uh, Cam, you're on the fence. I'm going to come to you next. <gasps> one all draw. Uh, 73rd minute. Oh, late on. And Alan Wilson, the man who is currently leading podcast predictions and the man who needs to save the show and bring it back to Mansfield Always Matters by predicting some optimism. Here it is. He's going to say defeat. Come on. 2-1 Mansfield win, 18th hey. minute. Love 18th it. minute. We'll get Clive's predictions. We'll get Nathan's predictions in the week. And uh, we'll, of course, pop them on our social media if I remember to do so. That's all we've got time for tonight on uh, the show. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Mansfield Matters podcast. We're delighted to be part of the TalkSport fan network now. Really great to uh, be a part of that. Thanks, as always, to Nick, to Cam, to Alan. We'll, we're expecting Nathan at some point tonight. Obviously, obviously forgot. We'll let him off. Um, and uh, we were expecting... Um, Clive as well, but he's just messaged to say sorry. Um, we've got a Stockport fan who's just been uh, in touch on the um, in the comments very quickly. He says, playing a back five would be your best option as we can't score against Park the Bus teams. It always happens. 2-0 County, by the way. Um, well, you know, maybe Saturday, Aidan, could be the time when your look changes because we're less Park the Bus and less see who we can get on the bus in the first place. Anybody want a bus ride? Who knows? Right, we will see you again on Monday, I believe we'll next be live, uh, when it will be camp, because uh, I'm at this joyous thing called work. Looking forward to Brilliant. that. So Cam will be in the hot seat on Monday, and uh, I'll see you hopefully Thursday, when we've got more positive things to Two podcasts about. in a week? Wow. Oh yeah, it's because we've got a Wednesday night game. Put it in your Woo-hoo. calendars, people. Put it in your calendars. Uh, goodbye. Well, that's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks, as always, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel and to you guys for watching and listening at home. Make sure you join us again next time on Monday night when Cam will be in the hot seat to talk all things Stockport and to look ahead to Wednesday night's clash with Grimsby at Wonkull Stadium. And, of course, if you want to find out more about Mansfield Matters or, indeed, interact with us, 
We are at MTFC Matters on Twitter and on Facebook, so come and say hello. Or, of course, you can email your thoughts to mtfcmatters at gmail.com. Don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions for the Stockport game. The link that you need is in the description, and you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. For now, though, this is the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, a proud member of the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.